0: Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 243, recorded at Big Doc Studio in Eugene, Oregon. Today's show is made possible by, you know what I hate? I hate going and clicking on the search engine and entering terms in and finding all these big companies that own all the search terms. Fact is, you can get it there, you can get your company there in a different way. Mudpod Design can help you out. See them for SEO services at mudpoddesign.com. Now here are your hosts.
1: I'm Candace Hunter.
0: And I'm Patrick Hunter. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism Radio. Radio.
1: Hey, Patrick.
0: You he always ask me that, like I'm supposed to follow it with something. You know, <laughs> You always leave me. It's like, why don't have you just jump into it? Have been
1: taking care of business?
0: I'm not going to sing that
1: song. Every day? No, don't do it. Taking care of no, business?
0: No, don't do it. That's
1: no. No, such a good song. No, it isn't. I love and that song. It's so
0: overplayed and you now it's stuck in my head. Now I got to, okay, the only way to get it out of my head is by Manon. Okay, now it's gone.
1: <laughs> well, we're going to be talking about taking care of business.
0: Well, we are, but not in a, in a musical way.
1: I'm always thinking music. Right. Well, <laughs> one,
0: of the, one of the things that, that you know, with and Rin that we talked about was that, you know, one of their models for business is um, not smiting your enemies and smiting your competition but being cooperative amongst that.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: And, you know, one of the things that um, I've discovered – Oh, not discovered, but something that we talk about in, in one of our net, my, one of my networking groups, which is something that I would recommend if you're in business, you should you're be in B&I a I group. Yeah, yeah. You should be in a networking group is what well, we, you know, it's a word. Can I, I can't remember the name the, what they call these types of words that are a combination of two words to make another word, but, um, fake word. No, there's a term, <laughs> uh, called, you know, it's a coopetition. Yeah. Meaning we're cooperating. I want you to succeed. I want to succeed, but I don't want to succeed at the detriment of your business. I don't want to make it so that you can't do what you like to do. Right. Right? I want you to succeed too. Mm-hmm. And again, it doesn't mean that I don't want to have every possible graphic design and website design job out there. I don't want it because I'm not the right um, provider for many customers, but somebody yeah. else might be. Right. And that's where the co-op competition comes in. I have a, I have a a, a, a friend – a networking partner who does what I do and we share resources. You know, I've pointed him in directions. He asked me questions, you know, because sometimes you need to have somebody in the same industry as you to help you move forward and get answers to things that you're not going to get easily.
1: That's so, really important, especially when you're sole proprietor or single business oh, owner. Oh, yeah. When, you know, even like in herbalism, you know, you're, let's say you're a herbal product maker and you're doing your thing and that's great. If you don't know any other herbal product makers, you're going to keep doing your thing and eventually you're going to get bored with your thing and then you're going to try to make changes but you might not have really great ideas. And maybe your thing becomes less and less profitable because you haven't innovated your processes. Mm -hmm. If you have other product makers that you're friends with and you all talk with each other about your processes, about your business, about whatever... You'll also all, – all of you will benefit because you'll give each other tips and ideas. You'll inspire each other. Right. You'll cause each other to say, oh, hey, I want to learn more about this avenue. I hadn't even thought about that before. Right. And that ultimately makes all of you better practi- practitioners. And it works that way across all businesses.
0: Mm-hmm. It does. And that's important. Um, just like uh, you know, having a business plan. And I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, the five or ten page business plan that you would <clears throat> write up for a banker to get a loan because they have a right. set things. And I've never been good at those.
1: No, you've never done them. Well, I've, tried, I, I've tried doing I, them a few times and oh I just don't understand you how you can like make up
0: numbers five years in the future. And oh. these projections that, you know, I mean, really honestly, you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I'm going to sell this much in five years. Well, geez, really? You don't even know. Are you even underestimating? What if you underestimated? it and you need more? I, I just never can think about those those business plan projections and, and, and costs and things that I'm going to need. I've always been, um, here's what I do. Here's what I can do. Here's where I think I want to be and this is what I'm going to do to get there.
1: Right. Yeah, your business planning has not been formalized on paper. Oh, no. Well, now but actually, not When I not- actually called Kaja and Rin up, yeah. And asked for, you know, to talk about business planning. That's what I was thinking about was the formalizing of a business plan on paper. Right. Because that's the way my mind works. For me, writing down the plans mm-hmm. just helps my mind sort them out. It helps me recognize which questions I need to ask, what areas I might have that are need some more learning that I right. need to, you know, strengthen, and which areas are already strong and how can I best leverage those to help me get to where I want to go. For me, the process is through words and on paper. That's the easiest. And then I wrote it down so I don't have to remember it. You know, just like Dr. Jones in Indiana Jones Dr. and the Temple Jones, of Dunes. Right. You know, <laughs> write this down so I don't have to remember I wrote it. wrote it down so I don't have to remember it. Yes, exactly. Right. My memory is like, no, there's a lot of stuff I don't want to remember anymore.
0: And I think that's the difference <laughs> yeah. between, you know, you and I, we've talked about this a little bit before there, where, you know, I'm very much... Um, in the forest, in the trenches, trying to avoid the trees in front of me, trying to get around to my goal, to where I need to be, right. you know, always focusing on on those critical decisions on a day in and day out basis. Where you know you're always up above the trees, looking at where you can see where where the business should go because mm-hmm. you have that vantage point. Yeah, and I know it's supposed to go there, but it's never in a straight line, and right. it's always you know meandering around. So I'm always you know putting out fires, dealing with this, getting us there, kind of like moving us along and. You're over there at the back of the ship and the big wheel turning it and going, yes, this is where we need to go. I can mm-hmm. see it over there. And, <laughs> you know, I'm swabbing the deck and fixing the sails and, yeah. you know, trying to get it so that we can go there. Um, but, you know, the other thing too is that I've always felt business plans seem to be so formal and so rigid. I know that's not the case necessarily. But for me, I always watch what's happening in the industry, you know, in the industry like, you know, in graphic design, website design. Where are things moving to? What's the next big wave? What's the next new thing? and what are people going to want? Yeah, and that's helped me immensely. I mean, I was in a doing a website design in, with technology that was good at its time, but it wasn't aging well, and I mm-hmm. could start to see really quickly that there was other things that needed to, that I could do that would be better that would move my business much further, and I made those made those choices. They right. were painful at the time, but I'm glad I did. Yeah, you know, and not only because that other software was becoming a little more esoteric and there wasn't a lot of support with it, and it was harder to use, um, but now with with the software I use now, I mean, it's so popular. There's so many resources for it, and so many people sure. are using it. So if you have a question, it's you can find out. And that's the kind of thing is moving to where that in, where the industries are going. And it doesn't matter the industry. It's it could be herbalism, it can be websites, it could be you know making, you know, cable display systems. You know, it's it doesn't matter following that. I mean if you keep doing I mean there's a reason why there's a lot fewer horseshoe makers now than there are there were um 150 years ago.
1: Oh yeah. Sure <laughs> you, is. you know yeah. uh yeah.
0: or or uh or, or steam engine makers. Uh yeah. a lot of fewer of them for reasons. You know technology moved, things changed, markets moved. You know, it's constantly yeah. evolving. And I always felt that business plans were this rigid thing. Now that was when I was younger. Now I also know now that business plans are designed more for funding.
1: Well, one of the things I like about Katja and Rin's approach is that they're not talking about a business plan. They're talking about business planning. Mm-hmm. The ing implies an ongoing process. And really when it comes down to it, if you're doing it right, planning regularly and, and acting on your plans regularly is what keeps your business not only alive but vital.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a saying: um, work on your business, not for your business. Yeah, right. And yeah. oftentimes, as single as sole proprietors, we're constantly working for the business. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, we're selling for it. Then we sell, it and we have to produce, and then we just keep that cycle going, and we don't take the time. You know, like in corporate, like near corporate America, there you go on these retreats. You know, right. you, lots you, of large companies do the yeah, re, yeah, going retreats. Yeah. yeah, sure, you go to a golf course uh, thing, but it's there's all these seminars and stuff around that, and then the icing or the reward for going is you get to play a round of golf, or you you know get to go to the beach, or you can do whatever. Well, the thing is, oh, too, is. when
1: you're doing the round of golf with you know four other people or three other people or whatever that mm-hmm. you've been taking these seminars with, you start talking, right? And you'll throw ideas around, yeah. and you know. That's It's those not direct in sitting in the seat doing a seminar or writing the plan. It's those other moments when you're doing something else that the most creative and usually most profitable ideas arise.
0: You know, yeah. Uh, you know, they, you know, getting that inspiration in the shower thing. You're right. I mean, yeah. but that's the point: is you you go to work on your business, not for your business. At that point, and it doesn't have to be around a golf. It can be fishing. It doesn't matter. It can be anything. The point is, is that you take the moment to assess away from your business. So be it, I mean, I would do this not at my desk. I would do this somewhere else because if the second I'm at my desk, oh, oh there's email. And Pre-COVID, then there's the we'd go to a coffee shop. Yeah, pre-COVID, we'd go to a coffee shop or something.
1: Now it might be just go sit down by the river.
0: Yeah, right? Or maybe maybe we'll go to the coast. Distanced <laughs> from everybody
1: else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, working on your business is just as important as working for your business. And I think that's kind of what they were saying. And I think that's maybe what you were saying too when you were talking about the planning part of it, the being yeah. part of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's taking time. And then also – when I was originally thinking about this, I thought, oh, they'll talk about, you know, a specific template that's a really good one to use. Or What parts do you need in that? But The reality isn't really that you need to write it down in a, some specific rigid form. The important part is that you think of the many parts of your business, that you are diverse in your income streams, like they said. And that's, I mean, diversity in income streams is important for the individual business owner. True. It's also important for the woman that's working for a company. She might have that income and that income from the company is going to be her primary thing. And maybe she doesn't have other income streams, but she needs diversity in her life. And if you stop thinking about income as only the money and you start thinking about it as that which feeds you, you know, maybe she's working for a company, but she's got a side hustle as an herbalist and she trades herbal medicine on a farm for herbal consultation with the farmer right you know that's a side hustle and that is a diversity of income and from that she's gaining actually probably quite a bit more than if someone was just if the farmer was just paying her you Mm -hmm. know so diversity of income diversity in life in general is like a survival skill we need to be diverse
0: and we've been talking about that for quite a while. Um, you know, I know the term side hustle is is the, is the popular vernacular for that. But generally speaking, I mean, if I had one source of income for um, mudpot Design House, we wouldn't have not been able to weather multiple economic changes for the last sixteen years.
1: Right. Okay. So for those of us who don't know, what is a side hustle, Patrick?
0: It's a it's a job or a small business that you run on the side side the side right. part and that's the part where you make you make a little extra cash for you your family for whatever you need you know like for instance take the woman that runs our, or that works at a corporate america let's say she's an accountant okay and she that's what she does for the for that the business. day job the day job but she really really likes to make vinyl graphics and put them on no, hats no, no, no. And shirts. she
1: really likes to do herbal consultation oh, that's okay. what we said
0: oh okay so she's She's went to the schooling. She's got her stuff. She wants to do her thing, and so what she does is on weekends and evenings she'll do that business.
1: Right, that's she her side be- hustle. She begins by she's got this farmer friend who's growing some herbs, and she can get herbs from the farmer in trade for consultations, right, to help so the farmer with whatever. Herbs, yeah. And
0: she's you know she's honing her skills, and then and she, then the
1: farmer tells his his or her neighbor, hey, he's a great herbalist here,
0: right, and, and then the neighbor
1: then, says, well, what do you charge? And now you've got a side hustle.
0: Right. Now you've got a business side yeah. hustle. And it may take, it may never outstrip your main job.
1: Or it might. Or sometimes it you does. You
0: just never know. And I know people that, especially through COVID, you know, their side hustle has helped them and kept, them alive, kept them alive. And running. Yeah. You know, because uh, unemployment insurance didn't kick in for quite a few weeks. All this stuff didn't happen that it was supposed to happen. And that mm-hmm. was, they were able to make you know, ends meet with their side hustle. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, you know, there's lots of different ways to approach that, but yeah.
1: So, so that's a side hustle. Side, side hustle. Sorry. I just yeah. thought everybody knew about that. Oh, <laughs> So when Katja and Rin were talking about much of what they talked about was really, to me, approaching herbalism as your career. And it may start off as your side hustle because, as I said, oftentimes when we want to begin a new business or a new career, we have to mm-hmm. stick with the old one a while longer. And you have a transitional period of perhaps two or three years, it depends, during which you're doing both jobs. You're doing your, your big career and you're doing your side hustle. Oh, yeah. And eventually your side hustle, if you're planning, and that's where the power of business planning is is really useful. If you're planning, you can begin to build or you can turn that side hustle into a thriving business within a relatively short amount of time maybe a year, maybe two instead of five or eight and part of the planning process as you see your side hustle growing into something that's big enough to support you or close to that is that you start planning out yourself out of your day job.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean for like, and that's how it happened for me is, Mm -hmm. you know, my side hustle became the business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah,
1: yeah. that often, I think a lot of sole proprietors, at least small-sized small, small size businesses, began as a side hustle that was really interesting and grew enough that it could start to support them. Hey everyone,
0: Patrick with The Practical Herbalist and Real Herbalism Radio. And we talked about one of our sponsors, um, Sacred Blossom Farm, and over in Wisconsin with Tony DiMaggio herbal gardener or rural farmer uh, he sent us um, some samples and one of the samples we got was dream and I wasn't too keen on it because it said it would um, uh, be the most relaxing tea that that that, that we know and that um, it, it'll make me sleepy and, and and relax so I wasn't sure about it but boy I tell you after looking at it, it, it the colors on this stuff is amazing the the purples and golds and greens I mean I've never seen herbs in this condition before, out of a, in a bottle, in a, in a package. They're amazing. Um, so, I'm going to, I did try some and boy, it did put me to sleep. It really made me really relaxed. And sometimes I can get pretty wound up when the website's not working or, you know, whatever you name it, something's not going right. This really can kind of set your days straight or get you ready for bed. So, if you're interested, sacredbossomfarm.com. And if you go there, you'll get 15% off. Just use the coupon code. Real Herb 15, that's all caps, so it's R-E-A-L-H-E-R-B 15, Sacred Blossom Farm. Um, and again, if if you purchase from them, you get the discount, but we also get a little bit as well to help support the Practical Herbalist and Real Herbalism Radio. Um, and if you go there, give Tony a big thank you. Go. Cool.
1: One of the challenges when you're doing the side hustle and trying to make that transition, though, is when you hit that point where Your side hustle requires as much from you as your day job, but you only have so many hours in the day, any given day. Right. You still got to sleep. You have to take care of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the point where you have to start looking seriously at not only the transitioning out of the career or the day job, but also how can you most effectively cover all the bases for your side hustle, your quickly growing side hustle, hopefully quickly growing. But, you know, whatever pace it's at, you're growing side hustle. And that's the one where I think, well, you know, there are parts of the business that it might make sense for you to hire out. Like your bookkeeping. If you're an herbalist, maybe bookkeeping isn't the place you really want to spend your time. Right. Looking for ways to hire out comes back to that whole community-oriented thinking.
0: Right. Well, and that's important because, you know, what I've always said to ask people like well do you want to be a bookkeeper or do you want to be an herbalist
1: right yeah
0: um, you know I, I know there's a there's a point in, 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 in your business or your side hustle where you kind of have to do everything because you just there's not enough money coming in to make sense for it to be out there right, right. but like you said once you start to get that point you're like okay I can't keep doing this because I'm not those extracurriculars I'll call them like bookkeeping mm-hmm. marketing and that kind of stuff start to rob your time from right. the thing you like to do Right. You know, yeah. and if you like to do, you know, herbal consulting and herbalism and making tinctures and making that stuff, you should do that. That's the thing you love to that do. That should
1: be your primary. Right.
0: So the the, the yeah. moment that you can – you're making enough to enable to keep doing that fun stuff, you know, yeah. that's when you hire out the bookkeeping because you know, who at? Yeah. that? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> it's – it's one of those things that's a fine balance I mean even let's say you've just you've you're done with the day job and you actually your business is supporting you hundred percent and you're doing well at it mm-hmm. well enough that you can start hiring people to help you with things right I grew up or I you know came from the age of the you know Joseph Campbell follow your bliss that's what you're supposed to do your bliss will you know if you follow your bliss then it'll all, all the payoffs will come right and you'll have a roof over your head and it'll be good. And I can tell you that not only I, but many, 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 many people I've known tried to follow their bliss and found that, in fact, nobody wants to pay them enough living wage to do certain types of work.
0: Yes, we have a very different value system here um, now uh, for what things are worth. So yeah. yeah, you may follow your bliss is making pottery. Yeah. And you love that. That's your thing. Right. You know,
1: but it doesn't mean your entire career or job is going to be just in the studio making the pottery.
0: No, I know how many pottery po- uh, people that are pot- potters, potters, potters and, potters, and
1: ceramicists
0: that have to do. You know, well, before COVID, all the weekend shows, yeah, all the art fairs, yeah, and they're the person that's there. So yeah. you know, they have to spend all of their all, you know, at least a good portion of the year hocking their wares, right? In order to give enough money yeah. so that they can doing in the off season do their thing. Yeah. You know.
1: That's one of the challenges of being in business for yourself. If you decide to go do a career, you know, you're doing a job for a company. You're getting paid to do the thing that you do. Like herbal product making. You know, that mm-hmm. that's what you do. You're doing that. You're right. going to this big company and you're making herbal products. You're making the products the company tells you to make. You don't have the choice usually. To make the ones you want to make, for whatever reason you might want to make them, you have to do what the company wants because the company has other people who have studied the market, other people who have talked to clients and and companies that they're selling to, other people who've done all the research and analyzed the numbers and decided what is most profitable. Mm-hmm. You have to do what they asked you to do, so you lose some of your creativity. On the other hand, you're not doing bookkeeping. You're not figuring out how to market those products. You're not going to shows to tell everybody about how great those products are. And you're probably not going to be spending your time doing podcasts and other things to get the word out about the Mm products. If you're an independent business owner, you get to make whatever products you want to make. You get to do all the decision-making there. You have freedom, a lot of creative freedom, and it's great. But if you only make products and and make the products you want and that's your bliss and that's all you do, then you're going to have a problem when the taxes are due and you're going to have a problem when the bank tells you you didn't reconcile last month and you probably should have because now you're in the red and you've just spent a ton of money on bounced check fees or whatever. Mm -hmm. You're going to lose your audience because you're not talking to them regularly and you're not making the appearances you need to make. And you're probably not also going to be out there selling them. You may not be shipping and packaging. Yep. Are you sourcing all the materials you need? I mean, the person that works at the company making herbal products doesn't have to say, where's the best price for the little brown bottles that I need?
0: Right. Somebody else does Somebody that. Somebody
1: else does that because the big companies have people that are devoted to finding the best price for the little brown bottles and all the other various types of. Packaging and everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's probably more than one of them in that Inventory
0: big company. Inventory procurement specialist. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so, following your bliss doesn't mean ignoring everything else. And when you're an independent business owner, it's really, really, really important, at least in my experience, to recognize what are the skills that you have, but also what are the skills that you have that you love doing. There's a difference between, hey, I know how to organize things and put them in boxes. So, therefore, I could do bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. And I've learned how to do bookkeeping because it's been required and I didn't have the money to pay someone. And, oh, I love putting books, putting boxes, all the numbers in the boxes and sorting out the data. And I really love entering it in. I feel satisfaction when I do that. Right. That's a big difference between those two. Both people might be equally skilled, but one of them loves doing that, the other does not. If you're following your bliss, you recognize the importance of being able to sort all those numbers and that data. You know how important it is when it's time to fill out your tax forms, that you've got good bookkeeping done, and you know how important it is to do the tax form right. Mm -hmm. Perhaps that would be a good area if you don't happen to love that type of record keeping and Understanding tax law, that's a good area to hire out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But recognizing whether or not it's something that you love and choosing to spend your personal energy and time on it is important. You know, maybe you love making the products, but you don't love labeling the products. Maybe you don't really want to be the graphic designer who comes up with the labels. You know, these pieces of information have to be on the label for every one of your products. Right. And you know, because You are a small enough business that you're going to do the research yourself and you actually don't mind doing the GMP research to make sure that you're using the right language and you're not using any words that are illegal or suggest that you're practicing medicine without a license. So you you do that yourself because you actually like that. That's blissful for you. But you don't really want to decide what color the label is going to be or what imagery might be on it you're not even sure that you actually want to name the product because that creative part of it isn't really creative. That's drudgery for you. Mm -hmm. Finding your bliss and knowing that and then finding a graphic designer or another herbalist that might want to trade skills for it is key. For sure. To keeping yourself thriving within your own business. We can have really successful businesses and not be thriving ourselves.
0: Yes, that is true.
1: And I've seen that happen with a lot of people in a lot of different businesses.
0: Mm-hmm. I, know, I, I know a few.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And learning learning to say I'm hiring out for this because I really don't love it is really important, especially since there are things like I know that Katja and Rin are adamant about doing their own social media, which I think is admirable. I mean, if mm-hmm. you contact them through Instagram or Facebook or whatever – and you, you know, see Kacha replying to you. That's really Kacha. She's replying to you. Right. It's not her personal assistant or some, you know, social media goddess that she's hired to right. do the job. Some, yeah, some media it's her person. exactly. And for them, in their business and in their practice and in their ethics and values, that's key. That's mm-hmm. a very important piece of their business, and I totally respect that. But I can also see the wisdom in hiring someone to do social media for you, particularly if you really don't enjoy social media and you find it draining and tiring and it makes you angry. Mm-hmm. If opening up Instagram and trying to make a post regularly makes you angry, you probably should hire somebody else to do that. And instead, you should do the things that make you – the feed you. Exactly maybe you still need to be the one who replies when people ask questions that you know if yeah. you're if you're replying under your own name yeah you might want to do that but maybe you hire a personal assistant to help you with those replies in that you sit down together and the personal assistant said i have these five questions that people have asked and you say okay here's the answer for this here's the answer for this mm-hmm. and you go down the list personal assistant goes and actually does the physical job of posting right you're still being honest in the fact that you heard the question, you gave a reply, but you let somebody else make sure that the message went through. And that gives you a little bit of buffering. You know?
0: Well, and that's when it becomes the business becomes the entity, not just you.
1: Yes, exactly. And I think moving from that idea that a business is you to the business is its own entity is a big challenge for a lot of us. Oh, when yeah. In our businesses. Especially
0: when we put our name on our business.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. You know? And then,
0: and then you're later on, you're like, oh, I need to not do that because mm-hmm. people will not they're like, they don't hire the business. They want to hire you all the time.
1: Yeah. It's hard to go from Tim's herbs to, I'm going to sell Tim's herbs to Joe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know oh, I mean? yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, you're, <laughs> or, if,
0: it's, if it's Emerald Valley herbs, you're buying from Emerald Valley herbs, not specifically Tim. Yeah, yes, you know. exactly.
1: And and if I go to buy, you know, Tim's best herbal formula and I'm getting it from this guy across the counter at Tim's Herbs, I'm expecting he's Tim. Mm-hmm. And if he's not Tim, I, as the customer, might be kind of a little bit upset. <laughs> you know, that, that This is Tim's best herbal formula from Tim. You know, I just watched you make it. Right. Isn't – aren't you Tim? Tim? You
0: know? <laughs> right. So – but, uh, yeah, there's so much that goes into business and running yeah. businesses and being part of a business. I mean, I guess, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way at this point.
1: Right. Yes, I love being in business as we are. I kind of wish early on in our career there might have been something a little bit like the program that Katja and Rin have, the mentoring, business mentoring program that yeah. they do, because that would have made getting started a heck of a lot easier. Yeah, um, And having someone there, like they actually do, as far as I understand, they do mentoring. So you're in their program and you're working on planning for the next three months for your business and what you want to do and what goals you want to accomplish. And you've got questions. You know, does this make sense? Does that make sense? Does this sound like too much? You can actually ask them and, mm-hmm. and they'll talk with you about it and they'll help you find the best path for yourself and for your business. Yeah. And they'll help you figure out how to find it for yourself so that that way you don't have to have them as your mentors forever because at some point you'll know you'll have all the tools. You'll know how to fish. They'll teach you how to fish. Exactly. So to speak. I don't know if they'll actually teach you to catch (laughs) trout, though. Don't quote me there.
0: Right. All right. So with that, put nerve on it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem.